Welcome back, Tributes, to episode 40. Oh my goodness. I keep saying, oh my god, whenever we add an episode, but 40 is crazy. Um, to Into the Arena, I'm Holly. And I'm Emily. And we have, I'm so excited to introduce the most beautiful woman, inside and out, most talented <laughs> musical artist ever, Cherish Danae. Oh, please. <laughs> You're like, no, please. no, please. I'm like, no, stop. We are so excited to have Cherish on, but before we jump in talking about Cherish, make sure that you are joining us for Tribute Talk. If not, where are you? It happens every Monday night, and we pretty much have just been discussing a lot of casting news because that's been going crazy. So. Which has been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we have content, new content. And then also, we have our 1,000 follower on Instagram giveaway, so you'll get a set of the new Target Anniversary Editions. They're so pretty. Closes tomorrow, the 27th of June at midnight. So just go to our account, Into the Arena Podcast, and you'll find the, the post there, and you can sign up. So yeah, Woo. yeah, a lot of fun things happening, but of course we have Cherish here today. The fandom knows a lot about you, I feel like at this point, like you're a big part of the Twilight fandom. That's where Emily and I come from. Um, that's how we know Cherish, but you have a song called Echo. I obviously. do. I do. And you are easing in to be the musical artist of The Hunger Games. That's so scary, but that's also like, it's really exciting to think about it that way. I mean, because that's where I hope it's going. It's been a journey since, see, when did Echo come out? Last, last May? Yeah, I was looking at that because I was looking through, you had sent us like some demos of it and I was like, where, where are those in my, in my camera reel? And it was like a year ago. <laughs> it was, that's crazy. And I remember sitting down on my Finsta and being like, guys, does this sound Hunger Gamesy? <laughs> And it was dee, dee, dee. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, I got to go to my Hunger Games gurus, Holly oh. and Emily, for all things and to make sure that it was Holly and Emily approved. <laughs> Immediately, we, we heard those few notes and we were like, oh my God, yes, you <laughs> yeah. sold us. No, <laughs> any, anything Hunger Games, but especially if it's coming from Cherish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but yeah, that was, I. it's crazy to think that it's already been a year and... I don't know. It's probably one of my favorite songs I've ever written, just in general, of, out of all the songs I've written. Every song is like a baby. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I birthed this baby, and I want it to grow and be as you know successful as it can be. But also, I'm like, even if it doesn't, I'm still proud of it. This is yeah. a really long baby metaphor. But I think in anything in life... If you're not doing something you're proud of, then it's like you're selling out, and I never want to do that. So I'm proud of Echo, just as I'm proud of every other song. But also this one's really special, because it has the potential to do and reach so many other Hunger Games fans who might not know that there are people writing original Hunger Games music, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because back when the original trilogy was coming out the movies Mm -hmm. there was rocking jay um, which was more like original music we have to do an episode on that which echo echo is rocking jay (laughs) (laughs) and so it's exciting to have something for ballad and you're talking about reaching like a greater audience so um just want to talk about that i just want to talk about the people that you've reached with this song it is wild 
Yeah, so Cherish has actually, um, her song has been seen and potentially heard because, I mean, he liked it, didn't mm-hmm. he? Or he saw it? Yes. By Tom Blythe. Snow himself has seen that. I mean, yeah, he had to click through, right? Exactly. I mean, for sure. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know how. Well, because on that original video, which I think that one is actually a year old, because um, I posted on my like music account, which I don't use, but... I like if you want to hear all my songs, they're all there, um, and I would just tag randomly. I'd be like, okay, let me just like try today. Like maybe today's the day. Oh, we got a casting announcement. Let me tag the cast member just in case they want to see it. You know, and then I have so many notifications, not because I'm popular, but just you know, group chats and. 50,000 Instagram accounts that I don't use, but I still get notifications for. (laughs) And I usually just clear them all out. I'm just like, clear, no notifications. I just want to empty my life. But Mm -hmm. that day I was like, let me just like look to see what's on there. And it was like, Tom Blythe liked your video. And I was like, hold on. (laughs) Is this like a Tom Blythe account? I was like, literally like, I think I sent (laughs) you guys a screenshot. I either sent you guys a screenshot of that. And I was like, oh my gosh. Tom liked my video and they were like, oh my god. It was wild. And then I went and looked and I was like, there's a little verified blue check mark there next it to is. this guy's name saying that I liked my video. And I was like, ah! passed away. Oh my gosh. What if he listened to it and then is showing other people? Haven't other people seen it besides like the official ballot account has seen it? You know when they had that filter last year at some point and it was like, every- they were sharing like so many people who had that filter. I had done a little video with it and I was like, I'm going to put Echo on it and maybe yes. they'll share it and stuff. And then they did. They didn't say anything about it, but I was like, oh, they put Echo on there. They heard me. <laughs> they heard me. And then one of my friends, she has been posting and tagging like a lot and they are always looking at her stories. Like Tom Blythe has seen many of her stories. Rachel Zegler, the Hunger Games official account. I was like, oh, we're getting closer maybe. I don't know. I mean, even having you on this podcast, our hopes are that, I mean, however many listeners we have, like, we appreciate them all, but just that they get introduced to this song, and, like, hopefully that it can become a more, like, well-known song in the fandom, because, I mean, outside of music in the fandom, there was, like, Mainstay Pro, who did their, like, Hunger Games shorts um, back in the day before the movies and like everyone knows mainstay pro mm-hmm. at least in the fandom yeah and so for us it's like we want people to know echo like we want people to know cherish because this is still in production and there's a high possibility that they're going to be doing a soundtrack and to have your song in it or i mean even at the end during the title sequence at the end like having that would be really cool just because i feel like Lionsgate is a good company recently mm-hmm. when it comes to wanting to work with fans i mean and i think just from the way that they interact with fans and the way they make content it's like for the fans i mean i think it would be really cool if that was something that they saw echo as like oh this is something by a fan for the fans because it really is for the people i mean that's how i feel about all my music that is fandom related I mean, of course, it's really cool when it reaches really great heights and gets to people high up and whatever. But I mean, my favorite messages are the ones from people who are like, oh, I really connected with this song. This song helps me get into like a Twilight vibe or anything like that. That is way more important and way more special to me 
than if Echo is in the ballad movie. But I, not to say that Echo being in the ballad movie would not be amazing. Like a bucket list thing? Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I don't know. I just want people to know that my heart is not in it just for you know, where it can go and fame or Mm -hmm. success in that way. Because I think just if it reaches its intended audience, then that will be success, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you're a creator, you want people to experience your content. Yeah. So totally Mm -hmm. get that. Yeah. And I feel like now is the time because there's still people learning that Ballad exists. Yes. Or that Katniss is not in Ballad. Right. <laughs> right. So I feel like as people, like now with the casting news and everything, more people are going to be finding out about Ballad and finding out about your music. Ballad was such a good book. It was such. First of all, I don't know how I'm going to watch the movie because no I'm same. a weenie. <laughs> And I'm already thinking about, like, I made that TikTok a while ago about just thinking about the freaking bridge of Echo. Ballad spoilers. If you haven't read Ballad, literally, what are you doing? Anyway, you're listening to this podcast. You've probably read Ballad. The hanging of Sejanus. Like, what? Emily? (laughs) I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared for that. I'm not prepared for... Any of the arena, I'm not prepared for the first funeral that happens. Like, literally all of the things, it's going to be so traumatizing. But I'll sit there. I will sit there and I will experience it all. And I'll hope that when the scene cuts to black, you'll hear, ding, ding, ding. (laughs) You know? Another thing I wanted to say was, I love how... First of all, your Twilight music reached uh, Stephanie Meyer. I feel like we should maybe back up a little bit, too, and, like, talk about your fandom music, like, with Twilight, and, like, what what happened with that? Can you, like, tell us the story? Yes. So, back in 2020, it was the summer of 2020, we were in the height of the pandemic. We were just all locked up. I was doing a lot of uh, Instagram Lives. Just getting to know the people, getting to know the followers. It was really fun. And I had just started picking up the guitar. And in May, there was the announcement that, oh my gosh, there's going to be a new Twilight book. It's Midnight Sun, the long-awaited. Stephanie said she was never going to finish it, and now she's finished it. And we're getting it in August. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. I feel inspired to write a song. And I was actually watching a live stream of... A Twilight podcast I was watching Remember Twilight's um, live stream they were doing. They were thinking about the meadow scene and stuff. And I was like, I'm thinking about the meadow scene too. Like, what would Edward, how would Edward feel? Like, now he's finally able to experience silence. Badoon, foreshadowing. The song was called Silence. And I was like, uh, imagine having all this buzzing noise around you because you can read minds. And then you finally go out into the secluded area and you're just with this one person who you literally can't read their mind and you're just experiencing silence for the first time. Like, how euphoric would that be? And how sweet would it be to hear the sound of silence? Hello, darkness, my old friend. Anyway. Um, (laughs) I love that song too. I almost put that song on um, my ballad playlist. Um, I say we just add it. We'll do a little, get Lord to do a cover of that one. And then boom. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, more Lord, of course. Always. 
So, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this little, I wrote a little chorus. I played it for them on their live stream, I think, the next week or so. And then that was that must have been the end of June because Silence came out the beginning of July. And then I finished the song within, like, two or three days. And then I played the whole thing on my live stream for the followers who were watching. And then they were like, oh, my gosh, please post this or whatever. So I, I made a super quick video, just, like, I had just washed my hair and I had braids, so they were just like dripping on me. <laughs> I had my phone balanced on a book on the edge of my keyboard. And I was like, hey guys, I wrote this song yeah. for Midnight Sun. Like, I hope you like it. And I just played it. And immediately, I started getting people tagging Ficklefish Films, which is Stephanie Meyer's like, Instagram account. And within the ne by the next day, I got a DM from them. I got followed and a DM like, hey, Stephanie has heard your song. She loves it. We'd love to put it on our website. And I was like, oh! That's <laughs> a dream DM. I was like, what is happening? You're like, am I dreaming? Yeah, and then in the next couple weeks, um, people were like, please put it on Spotify and Apple Music. And I was like, well, this is just a really rough recording that I did like at three in the morning because everyone was wanting it. And I put it on SoundCloud and then I was trying to re-record it, and I was like, nothing is capturing it the way that I did in that three-in-the-morning recording. So that's the version that's out right now. That was the so first cool. draft, and it's what I stuck with. Wow. Aww. That's amazing. Isn't it? The number crazy. of times I've listened to that song, unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a special song. It's the first one... Because I never really thought I would release music. Or I always wanted to. Mm -hmm. But I never really applied myself to do it. And I was nice. like, oh, I, I got to wait until, you know, I've reached this point. Or I meet someone who can help me record it. Or I go to a studio and da 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 da. I didn't think I would ever do it myself. But there, on that summer night at 2 and 3 in the morning, with a little microphone that I borrowed from my brother and GarageBand, I played the piano on my keyboard and I recorded my vocals and the rest was history. But this summer I'm hoping to record my first album, which has been long anticipated. I can't wait for that. Emily, you're gonna love it because I'm gonna have all my unrequited love songs on there for you. Yeah, I, w I was just gonna say <laughs> some awesome non-fandom music that I love that I can't wait to have on an album. <laughs> it's gonna be great, I hope. Everyone has your back too. And I, I just wanna like, before we keep talking about your music, like I just want you to know how grateful we are as in Emily and I, but also everyone you touch, like you come into people's lives and you make everyone feel welcomed and loved and supported and everyone wants to do the same for you. So I know when you have that album release, it's going to be love all around and mm -hmm. we're just so grateful to have you. So you bring light into everyone's lives and seriously, like in your music, it even shows. I remember when I first created my Twilight Instagram, which was the first like fandom Instagram thing that I had in forever. My first post, I was like, oh, is anyone going to follow me or talk to me or anything? And Cherish was the first person who commented on my very first post. and was like, oh my gosh, I love this. <laughs> and I'll never forget that. So you are so kind and sweet and just wonderful. I love you guys. I love everyone. And that's that's always my goal. It's It's a dark place, the internet and... There's Amen. not a lot of people who are willing, <laughs> there's not a lot of people who are willing to be, you know, 
open and welcoming. And maybe at times it was a little naive for me to be so um, generous with my kindness because it has turned around and bit me in the butt quite a few times. But I think also what's what makes me okay with it is the fact that even though some people didn't accept it or some people didn't really appreciate it when it was given to them, it didn't affect how other people saw me, which made me feel like, okay, this is still the right thing to do. I'm never going to be the person who's going to turn around and like try to hurt someone back just because I was hurt. Because at the end of the day, it really doesn't help me at all. And it doesn't benefit me at all. It doesn't make me feel good to do that. So if I can just continue to do that, and just be positive and just be a safe place for people when, I mean, the pandemic really messed everything up. It messed all of us up. And I'm so grateful, though, that it got me to reach out to people virtually because then I wouldn't have met you guys. And that would have been sad. Going back in the direction of your music, what I like about Echo, too, is that you were talking about how you're not just doing this for fame or just for money. But with Echo, it shows because obviously we're going to be linking it and having people go listen to it. But then the lyrics and the beauty behind the lyrics and even having the tune from the Mockingjay whistle incorporated into your song, is just beautiful. And so I think that your music genuinely like attempts to connect fandom and storytelling with your own metaphors and experiences. I was like, how can I capture this story in four and a half minutes or less or five minutes or less? And that's usually how I go about my fandom music is like, I want it to be as close to the story as possible. If you know the story, you're going to understand the references in the song because that it is, that's who it's for. And I'm like, there have, but there have been people also who have told me like, I love Echo and I've never read Ballad. I'm not a Hunger Games fan, but I just really like this song. Um, So I'm like, I want to do something that's musically excellent so that it can be appreciated by many, but then even more so for the people who do know the context and can pick up, oh, that's the hanging tree in there right before it gets to talking about the gallows. Like, you know, just like little things. There's little Easter eggs for people who understand because I love doing that with music so I love putting that in for other people yeah I can totally see that it's a it's a very hauntingly just beautiful song on its own even like separated from the story and the connections in ballad I was just wondering I guess like talking more about echo like how did you find yourself writing a song for ballad anytime I find myself deeply inspired by a work of fiction or art or nature or anything it always prompts a song so I want to say with Echo I was when I was reading Ballad because I started it before I finished the book so it didn't come together until after I finished as you Mm -hmm. all know since you were there for the process (laughs) but I've I was like, okay, I have some things in my mind that I think. I'm like, I'm making my predictions about what's going to happen. But from what I know now, let me just come up with this. I started with just the music and being like, what sounds like 
the Hunger Games. Like, if I wanted to be transported to Penem, where, well, <laughs> what music would I play? Um, and from the, like, the vibe of the story, because I was getting towards the end when I started, um, and I was like, okay, we're taking an ominous kind of turn as we're going through. And so it had to be sort of like that ominous feel to it, almost like there's something looming. I don't know, the story just prompted so many lyrics to come to my mind. So I just was like, let me just keep going with this because I don't like to force things out. So I so people are like, can you write me a song for this? And I'm like, I don't know. If I'm not deeply, deeply inspired or if something doesn't click and I'm like, <gasps> song lyric, it's really hard for me to write it. So yeah, yeah. So Echo was very much a... It was an organic process to writing the song, as it usually is with my music. So what made you want to write a song about a book that you hadn't finished yet? Honestly, it's because of Suzanne. Miss Suzanne Collins. <laughs> she just was... I I knew. I was like, ugh, there is something about this story. Because again, I'm writing music just to like release the emotion that I'm feeling. And just to get what I'm thinking about just more out in the physical, in a way. If a, if a lyric starts popping into my head, or if the music starts popping into my head, because I'm like, there's nothing for me to listen to that is ballad. There's no ballad soundtrack to go along with this book as of right now. What kind of song would I want to listen to as I'm reading to this? Ding, ding, ding. And then I started thinking through that and being like, I really want to write a song about this. Because I knew it was going to make me feel some type of way by the time I got to the end. And I was already feeling some type of way all throughout. So I was like, there's no way I can just have so many feelings about this book and not write a song about it. So when you got to the part the hanging were you like okay this is this is it (laughs) oh my god I I know it I think so and I because I was trying to figure out a way to incorporate that and I think I wrote I from the hanging tree from the hanging to the very end that was when I was trying to figure out what the bridge was gonna be so then I was like I finished the book and I was like this is this is what it is this is one of the big significant points and I was like okay how is Snow feeling in this moment? He's not feeling good. <laughs> He's not <laughs> feeling like this is what he wanted. And then I was like, he never meant to lead him to the gallows. And he's hearing, ma, 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 the echoes of his last word. Honestly, it feels like such a blur because I feel like I wrote Echo pretty fast too. Maybe it was over the course of a couple weeks because I was still finishing the book. And then... I had this half done song and then and then I was just feeling it and then we got there and like the beauty of music like again I don't know much about music and songwriting and blah 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 but talking about like the gallow part like yeah it's obviously about Sejanus but I also consider like I think for me I'm like I'm more of a Lucy Gray character vibe Mm -hmm. and Emily's more of a Sejanus vibe. This goes right back to our ballad playlist episode. (laughs) Yes. And I was just like, oh, this works really well for Sejanus and Snow and that Mm -hmm. dynamic. And Holly was just like, oh, no, it's it's Lucy Gray. And (laughs) And I feel like your song perfectly fits into that as well. Both, Yeah. Because I'm like, the gallows could also be Lucy Gray because she's dead. 
She's dead. In a more metaphorical sense. Is she dead, Holly? Okay, I was about to ask you this. Cherish, tell the people, do you think that Lucy Gray went missing slash died or lived on and had another life? You have to answer. I, my heart wants her to have lived and to like made it to either gone to the next district over or snuck back into 12 after Corio was gone mm-hmm. and just continued living there. That's what you think? She just left and she was like, ha guys, be right back. Just kidding. I'm leaving forever. Oh! <laughs> Do you think she could be greasy, say? I think so. I... Ah! I, mean, I, I such a wild theory. I buy it's into my theory. theory and I stay by it. <laughs> But I'm like, is that the right age? It would be the right age, right? Yeah, it would. And, okay, I don't know if you heard me, like, go on about this theory, but Suzanne is always very intentional in her writing. Mm -hmm. And so... We've talked about this. To have a name rhyme. Yes. Lucy Gray, Greasy Say, she's literally her. I I mean... End of story. If Cherish agrees, we're good. I support it. I would say, (laughs) when Suzanne coming on the podcast, we can all discuss it together. Our our finale I would, episode. I would <laughs> literally. That will be done. <laughs> I would die after that because this she does not do any any interviews anything well, at all ever. I think I would literally like pass out during it because I'm you... nervous to talk to you. I'm nervous <laughs> to talk to Dr. Kamisha Russell. I'm nervous to talk to Maya Wynn. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> Imagine my nerves talking to Suzanne. Cherish, what what would you ask Suzanne if you could ask her a question? <laughs> That's a great question. Oh my gosh! What one. do you like? That's like, I have no idea. I'd be like, Suzanne, have you heard Echo? <laughs> no, that would be... Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's the right question to ask. I, if I could change anything in the Hunger Games, which it's already perfect, so I wouldn't change anything. But if I could, I would desperately not want for PETA to get hijacked even though I know it's like really important mm-hmm. and like whatever but like that like literally destroys blah, blah, me blah. is it is it <laughs> I like it's it destroys me that and Finnick dying like those that completely unnecessary Suzanne how dare you he died for what rude <laughs> literally so rude and either that or be like Suzanne why couldn't we just hijack PETA the opposite way just like double hijack him and make them be like hijack him to believe that Katniss was like the most beautiful, amazing human in the whole world, and he was in love with her. fair, fair. I've never thought of She's that. She's like, because you gotta feel the scars of war. <laughs> and I'm like, Suzanne, you're no. about to feel these scars of war when you catch <gasps> these hands. <laughs> no, I mean that's really my only thing. Cause I'm like, whatever. Gale is dumb, and he can go off a cliff um, if he wants Amen. to. Amen. Um, but Peta, I'm like, he did not need to go through that much. I don't know. Suzanne, if you're out there, give me some comfort, please. The same Peta to Sejanus character trope. She treated them awful, evil. Just little angel babies. No little angel baby can live. Rue couldn't live. Freaking Prim couldn't live. Why did we even have the Hunger Games? Uh... We want everyone to live. Okay, we want to talk about the lyrics of Echo. Yeah, so, let's let's go through it. Let's break it down. Tear my soul apart while we're doing this. Okay? Oh my gosh. 
So, initially, what we got is roses unfolding, falling like the snow. Obviously, a play on snow and the roses. Dead. Roses unfolding, falling like the snow. The story, as we're reading the story, we always see a story unfold, kind of, right? And also, as a rose unfolds and the petals just slip fall. But, I mean, it's almost like everything is falling apart at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's falling like the snow. The snow is just amazing, resting there. But also, snow melts away, doesn't it? Just like the beauty so of snow nice. can turn to sludge and gross, so did this stinking story. Okay. Oh! <laughs> so so did Corio. Uh, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot to unpack in those two lyrics. You think you're like you have to think of all the little tiny metaphors in there. I it's, like roses unfolding, like because he's kind of coming into his own. Exactly. It, it's not good but it could go multiple different ways and Mm -hmm. he's graduating from school so he's he's blossoming exactly Mm -hmm. it's up every interpretation is most likely going to be correct for this because it it can go so many different ways and then we have covered in whispers truth or lie who knows covered in whispers truth or lie who that is a play on, you know, kind of the gossip of what's going on with the snows. They live in this big penthouse. They have this lovely, it looks seemingly like there's a lot of good stuff going on. But is it the truth or is it a lie? Who knows? The, the snows know and they know it's a lie. Um, but there's no one to say that it's not because they're trying to keep up the facade, you know. Uh, carefully blissful. They can never know. Carefully blissful. They can never know. I want to say this was what I was writing about. Um, as Corio and Lucy Gray are kind of experiencing liking each other, kind of falling in love with each other. But they have to be careful because, you know, mentor, tribute, kind of relationship. But... And they can, they can't ever tell people that that's going on. That never is public knowledge until they get back to kind of like to twelve, um, because it is gonna be dangerous. They also don't know like if they trust each other. Exactly. So they have to be. They kind of have to dance around each other mm-hmm. and that relationship. So we're blissful, but we're careful about it because you never know when someone's gonna turn around and stab you in the back or you never know when someone's gonna find out and it's gonna jeopardize her in the games and they're gonna kill her and he's gonna lose this girl that he loves all that and then we get to the chorus the melody you sing without a single breath the gentle breeze that brings me to my place of rest Obviously, Lucy Gray is a singer, and I'm like, 
the melody you sing without a single breath, it's like the way that she kind of speaks to Snow, the way that she is like a part of him. He, she's always on his mind without even, she doesn't even have to be there. She doesn't have to say a single thing or sing a single note and he's already thinking about her. He's already there where she is. And then the gentle breeze that brings me to my place of rest. I wrote this course before I had finished the book. And I remember you guys being like, cherish, <laughs> cherish. Um, <laughs> because um, I think it reminded me of the ending after I finally got to the end. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Snow's just out in the wilderness like Lucy Gray. Where are you, baby girl? Oh. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, did she find her place of rest? Or is she still I out totally there? forgot that you, like, sent that to us before you finished. It was wild. That Yeah, I remember <laughs> reacting. And, like, I think I texted Emily. Or Emily texted me. And we were like, oh, my God, she doesn't even know that she did this. <laughs> Maybe we can find some, some texts. But yeah. <laughs> yes, put them in. Because <laughs> I want to know, too. Hello. Um, so then that's the chorus. We sing a billion, we hear a billion times. Um, and then the next verse, verse two, far from a fantasy, somehow nearer still. Far from a fantasy. So this is again, originally I was thinking about um, Snow and Lucy Gray's relationship and how it's like so far from like a normal relationship, so far from like a beautiful, perfect love story. Um, But also it's, they're so much closer to each other. They're closer to this like scandalous, tragic love kind of relationship. So it is a fantasy in a way. Um, but also being so far from home in the arena and being nearer to, like, the prize, being nearer to success, being nearer to finally getting out of poverty, all that kind of stuff, for Snow, Mm -hmm. at least, and for Lucy Gray. Yeah, Um, I mean, that's his fantasy, his dream. Just to be there. And also... They're kind of getting further from each other because, you know, the trust is starting to kind of twist. They're mm-hmm. starting to... Uh, Snow, especially, is getting a lot more paranoid, I feel like, by the time we get to the end of the book. Especially at the end when he's like, they have the weapon out here. They didn't get rid of it. Dun, dun, dun. They're going to turn me <laughs> and I'm going to go to jail and be hang and blah, blah, blah. So we're getting further from his fantasy and also as a play on, he's further from the capital because he's in District 12, but he's closer to yeah. his love, Lucy Gray, which is another fantasy of his, you know? Or was Ooh. it? <laughs> <laughs> and then, dreams conflicted, bending at my will. Dreams conflicted, bending at my will. So this, this lyric right here. I, oh, I think about this lyric all the time because he's like, I dream about doing this, being, you know, an officer, getting out of poverty again. I'm going to this academy. I'm doing amazing things. I'm going to be the freaking president. I also love Lucy Gray. I love this kind of thing we're doing down here. We're in 12. I'm just chilling. We're vibing down here. In um, <laughs> down here in 12. But bending at my will, he is 
just jumping back and forth between what he wants, especially when he's, um, when they're trying to decide if they're going to leave, when they're like, let's run away together. And he's like, all right, this is my new dream right now. I'm giving up everything. I'm going to go be with her. And then he changes it at a moment's notice when he notices the guns, when she's gone. And then he's like, off the rails. But he's constantly changing that. He's, it, his dreams are always whatever he wants in the moment and what's going to benefit him the most. Which sometimes he's thinking selfishly, like, I'm going to be in love. This is what's benefiting me. I love this girl. We're going to be together. And then sometimes he's like, wait, this girl's going to betray me. She's psycho. My dream <laughs> is like, going to... like, I love love. <laughs> Literally. I think, I think what just scared me about you saying that, like, talking about Lucy Gray and Snow wanting to run a- away together. Remember when there was that whole story, that plotline about Candace and Gail wanting to run away together? Mm-hmm. Maybe that should have been our red flag. Maybe uh, that's where that should have been. Suzanne was like, <laughs> you don't remember that, do you? It just clicked right now with you saying that. So I'm kind of hurt right now. <laughs> <laughs> so scary. And then um, this was a very direct kind of pull. Loving is fragile. Trust gives you control. Loving is fragile. Trust gives you control. Ugh, those are my favorite lyrics. I love those lyrics. Them, them deciding that like love is not. They're like it doesn't matter if I love you. It matters if I trust you. Or it doesn't matter if you love me. It matters if you trust me. Um, and I was like, yes. And the reason why Snow wants trust is because it gives him control, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <sighs> So, and then we get the chorus again, and then we get the hanging tree um, motif. I was like, I need a little interlude right here before we get to the bridge, and I was like, what did I put in the hanging tree? Um, Because I knew I wanted to change the key right there in that moment, and so I had done the chords, but I didn't think, I didn't know what I was going to put on top of it. I wanted a little melody, and then I tried it out with the hanging tree, and I was like... Shut up. Stop. Shut the front door right now. <laughs> I remember you, like, showing us that part of the song, and my jaw just dropped. When I, like, show people your song who have read the books, um, I'm like, do you hear it? Do you hear it? Do you hear it? Do you hear it? Are you sure you're not hearing it? Are you sure? Do you hear it? And they're like, I yes, didn't Holly. hear it the first time. You guys had to point it out to me, and then I, I was just like, wait, what? how did I miss this? I was like, this? <laughs> like whoa. It's like, once you hear it. But I think it's because oh, yeah, I put it. I cannot hear it. It's a different, the chord progression is different from the original. That's why it's hard to hear, but it's the same. But, and the, and the rhythm's a little bit off. But, it's in there. So, fun fact, if you didn't hear it, now you do. <laughs> and then you will always hear it. And you'll always cry. You'll never be able to forget it. And then we get to the bridge. So, we have the hanging tree. So good. Leading us to the bridge, which is never meant to lead you to the gallows. And then there's a little echo of, you saved me. Now all I hear is every echo, you haunt me. Never meant to lead you to the gallows. You said, now 
never Snow's intentions to be a freaking snitch. But he was like, I'm going to be a snitch so that Sejanus can be safe. Because I'm tired of messing with this brother. I'm tired of having him around to bother me and just get into trouble. He's going to get himself killed. And then I'm going to feel guilty. Um, because his mom was like, take care of my boy. <laughs> and I think this is why it's the you haunt me part. Because I do believe it was not Corio's intentions to get Sejanus killed. However... He was not thinking. He his it was very small brain, no head, no thoughts. No, he had no head. It was chicken. <laughs> no head. It was gone. He cut it off. This, Lucy this took is our, it. Uh, president of Panem. Yes. <laughs> um, but it saved. But it did save his butt at the end of the day to rat Sejanus out, um, because Sejanus would have probably put them all in more trouble at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, never meant to lead you to the gallows. He didn't want to take him there. But he did save him. And now all I hear is every echo, which is referring to Sejanus calling for his mom and the stinking birds echoing his last words. You haunt me. And Sejanus does haunt him because throughout the rest of the story, now he's thinking, he's talking, how many did he say? He's like, I killed three people. And Lucy Gray's like, huh? Three? I thought it was yeah. only two. Oh. Yeah. And he's like, uh, the old me. I died myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so like, Janus haunts him around every corner. Lucy Gray's just like, hmm. So much for trust, right? Exactly. <laughs> and then we get the chorus again. And then one more line of never meant to lead you to the gallows. And it ends with the hanging tree. The melody you sing without a single breath The gentle breeze that brings me to my place of rest The melody you sing without a amazing like absolutely beautiful i just love the thought that you put into it too and now reflecting on it how you said like some of your friends having even read the book you know don't really have a relationship with the book can still find their own like voice and self and reflection in that song it's that's the wildest thing. I'm like, are y'all leading people to the gallows? I'm kind of scared. Ah! <laughs> You're like, who have you killed? I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because back when I was reading The Hunger Games for the first time, I, n- I was not writing music at all. I didn't even want to really be a singer at the time. Well, no, that's a lie. Because I decided I wanted to start singing when I was 11, which I would say is a pretty late start. Um, because most people start developing their voice like when they're a kid, like a really small kid. Like they're like, I started singing when I was two, three, four years old. 
And so then by the time they get to middle school, high school, they're already very familiar with their voice and know how to sing high and whatever. And I, my mom forced me to sing all the time, but I didn't want to. I wanted to be a dancer. Um, so I had a good grasp on what it means to sing. And my mom and my grandma are both music teachers. So I already knew a lot of like technical stuff, but I didn't actively start trying to just like sing for fun until I was 11. So if I had been actively trying to write music and sing um, beforehand and then had carried it into eighth grade when I first read The Hunger Games, maybe I would have written a song because it was right after my twilight phase that I found The Hunger Games and I was like just filling that void that um, (laughs) I was like, oh, twilight's over. What am I going to do? So then it was really cool because I was like, ah, Twilight Renaissance is happening. Um, I mean, I, I never really left the Twilight fandom. I never left Twilight from the year of 2009 to the present. I've always been a diehard fan. I just had to be a closeted diehard fan who couldn't talk to people about it. But I was reading fanfics and then I started following people on Instagram. And then I made my own Twilight account and the rest was history from there. And so... It's really cool to have the Hunger Games experience so much later with Ballad. And it's almost like a Hunger Games renaissance for Cherish. But I did, you guys have heard it. Um, I did write a Hunger Games song roughly on the first book. Which was very, it was nice to be able to kind of feel that get that because I mean just as strongly as I feel about Ballad now is how strongly I felt about the Hunger Games back then but I just didn't have it within myself to do what I do now man I was writing parody songs you were you were a singer we should (laughs) have teamed up (laughs) well we can team up now we're gonna make Cherish and Emily's Hunger Games album Holly would you like to sing or play an instrument on it I will. Uh, what's like Tambourine. the easiest? Yeah, I'm like what's or the, the shaker. Thing I can like do? A... In the back, I can be dressed in like all black. <laughs> I say we do it next time. You guys, yeah. well, next time we're all together, we gotta do one of them. Well, sweet. We are so excited for you. Do you know, like, with your upcoming album, do you have like any, like, song titles that are that you want to talk about, or any like like album titles, anything at all that you want to give away? I honestly don't know what I'm going to call it. The majority of it is all of my Twilight music. Most of it that is unreleased. And then I do have some other ones that are like love songs or unrequited love songs. So it's all kind of a fantasy like realm. Another album that I'm really excited about is, (laughs) it hasn't come out yet because I haven't even finished writing it. But I'm going to just put it out into the world so that everyone can know. It's love songs for the lonely. And it's just a bunch of (laughs) just unrequited love. Just about to blast that. (laughs) 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 Because I'm like, there is not really a genre of music that there's there's either love songs or breakup songs. I'm like, what about the in-between people who've not been through that, but we're still kind of heartbroken? But, like, not because we've just been broken up with, but just because, like, we haven't been broken up with, you know? So, I'm writing an album of songs like that. I've got a lot 
kind of half started. It'll be a while for that one. But also, let's just speak it. Like, can't wait to be on the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes album. Heck, yeah, let's make that happen. <laughs> so everyone's goal for after listening, watching this episode, go follow Cherish at which at do you want us to use? Because you have a few. At I'll I'll give you two. At Cherish Danae, that's just me. And there's also at Forever Jumping the T L, which is like my Twilight. That's really just a fandom account at this point. And also, I I just want to add one more thing. I go also also also. But um, you're writing a song. Are you? Is it a song or an album for M B Thurman's Summoned? Summoned. I actually have started a third song. I just started a third song yesterday. Oh, wow. Um, where hopefully it's going to be a collaboration album. I hope I don't write all the songs and that they're not all Church and A songs because then it'll just be another but album. You're just like the Lord of the album, right? <laughs> Basically, Lord with an E at the end. I'm like, <laughs> I'm the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we are working with, um, well, I'm working with MB Thurman, the lovely our author who is an amazing person an amazing friend and we're getting some music out the first single hopefully will drop in december and then the rest of the album will come as it comes but i'm really excited about that everyone go read something sorry it's not hunger games but mm-hmm. go read it so you no, can understand the song go read it it's so good and it's well worth it support mm-hmm. support like a smaller author seriously indie whole... author indie yes. artist but there's so many exciting things coming from that july 2nd i'm having a concert that will be live streamed so if anybody wants to watch it it'll be live streamed on at forever twilight and forks instagram and there is a girl who's flying up to play guitar for the concert with Yay. me cool. and i so where I live in Forks right now, there's this beautiful little like meadow in the back. And I'm like, how cool would it be if we just went out to the meadow and just did little songs? And I want to do um, probably my Hunger Games song that I wrote, not the ballad song. Um, and just vibe with her out there. Maybe do like an acoustic echo in the yeah, meadow. Wow, that sounds so please, cool. Please, 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 please. And I'm, I'm really trying to see, because she's going to be here for like four or five days so we'll have the concert one day and we'll have to rehearse for that yeah i want to do some cool little things like that an acoustic echo i feel like would vibe really well with people too just because i feel like that is a little bit more similar to like the vibe of the songs in yes ballad which i mean i love the original but that would just be so cool to do a take like that i would love to do that and like maybe if we could actually record it outside and release an acoustic version with the vibey sounds of the outdoors. Just like the birds chirping, the mocking jays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Get some jabber jays in there to scream ma in the background. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Oh my god. Yeah. I'll just get everyone in Forks to just start screaming ma around town. Oh my so. god. <laughs> <sighs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, so check out Cherish's concert next weekend. There's no excuse. It's going to be live streamed. So. And I'll probably be performing Echo because... I'm Emily was at my last concert. Holly, were you there? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Emily was there at my virtual concert at the beginning of 2021. 
So this is basically that concert again, but a little bit amped up and in forks and also adding echo to the roster. So thank you again, Cherish. Thank you everyone for listening. And right now the podcast is not over because what you need to do is go stream echo and then you can end the podcast and you're done. That's your I feel like for the we're week. just gonna, we're just gonna roll it to, to close this out. Yeah. Sweet. We roll, gonna roll it previews so that way they don't get everything a tease yeah so that so, way they don't so this the right here is the beginning of echo by musical artist cherished in it